Today we are talking to at Miss Brandy Morgan from Instagram. And this episode is part of a special series where we went out and found the most influential developers around. And she is one of the most motivated engineers I have ever met. A Google Keynote speaker and she's using her platform to promote clean coding principles. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Brandy. Hey. What up, buddy? <laughs> How are you? Fantastic. How are you doing? I am doing well on this beautiful Monday. Right? Where are you at? I am in Winter Park, Florida. Ah, uh, you used to live there. You used to live in Baldwin Park. Oh, that's I go running there all the time. It's so nice, right? It's beautiful. The big, beautiful lake, little sushi restaurant. I don't remember the name <laughs> of it, but I loved it. <laughs> so we uh, we had Coding Blonde on the show last week. Oh, nice. I am I am friends with her through social. Oh, that's how you guys met? Yeah, we, um, we met on Instagram and we did um, a couple collaborations on there. And then we did a collaboration on YouTube that is still waiting to be published <laughs> oh are you guys just editing it uh no it's edited it's just a matter of publishing it it'll be later this week actually or next week that i'm gonna put it out how often are you putting out content um on youtube um yeah. week weekly um and i'm just i just started a new position um and so i will actually be doing a lot more content on other profiles and um, Instagram, I put out content daily on there. What's your new position that you started? Uh, so I went from being a full stack developer at a startup. Um, I just recently quit there in December, like beginning of December. Um, mm. And I will be working with my husband with his company. And my title is a growth strategist engineer. <laughs> a growth strategist engineer. Yeah. So... That's a lot. I, I love it though, right? Because that's what that's what every, everything now everyone's like super growth. Are you a fan of Gary Vee? Um, in doses, small doses, yeah. <laughs> so you, you have to take it just a little bit at a time. I think he has. I think he has a great message, and I love what he's about. Um, but yeah, I think you know, it's it's just it's like you know what he's gonna say. But I am a fan of him. I I like his message. Yeah, he's definitely repetitive, right? Because it's like those real simple things that you have to say over and over and over and over. And basically, I think he's just going to keep repeating himself until the whole world hears him. No, which is great because it's the things that people like don't do, you know. And so I think what he's doing and what he's building is awesome. I agree. No, I, I really and he's wow. It's working though, right? Because it's getting huge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did you get into you? So you write code, right? Yes. Yeah, because I see on the Instagram, it at least looks like you write code. I think I even, I'm pulling from my memory here, but I think I've seen some React code. I'm not sure. Is that right? Yeah. So um, I more I was I'm like a JavaScript developer. Um, I mm -hmm. say full stack um, because it sounds cooler. Um, but for the most part, I would do like JavaScript on the front end and then Node on the back end, which is essentially JavaScript. Um, but yeah, so the company I just left, I was doing React Native. I built out their mobile app for them um, for about nine months. And my husband's company, we build SaaS applications or SaaS products. 
are specifically targeting SaaS companies. And the majority of what we use is React. And like we can pretty much do like you could we could figure out how to do anything, but um we usually offer React. Are you building web apps for them or? Um yeah. I mean I have built web apps. I mean currently right now with my position, I am doing a little different approach to like I'm doing like inbound sales or in I think or inbound marketing, I guess is what you would call it. And I have a background in marketing and um that's how I like got into programming. And so the goal is to create really good content mm-hmm. um, and teach people how the development process works and how you can like build cool things. And then I'm actually going to be building like products, Chrome extensions, uh, free tools um, as a part of like, you know, lead generation, like how to get people actually to utilize us. That makes sense. <laughs> well, that's really neat. Yeah, so it's it's great that you are working in the sales pipeline in marketing, and but you also have an understanding of what what it takes to build the product. Yeah, it's it comes in handy a lot. So i I started off in marketing about four years ago, and I worked at a mobile software development company in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I mm-hmm. helped run like a really large mobile conference and. In doing that, I did like everything from logistics to getting sponsors, getting speakers, planning everything. And then the only thing I really couldn't do was build the mobile app for the actual event. Um, And so that's what sparked my interest into development. And I started doing HTML, JavaScript, and worked really closely with um, the CSIO there. And he was like, just if you're going to do it, jump all in. And so that's kind of what I did. Wow. So you just jumped right in and you just taught yourself some programming. Did you use any sort of education or did you rely on your husband or how did you get your knowledge? Uh, I mean, all of that, but I did. Um, I went to Full Sail. So oh, very cool. I, yep. I moved down to Florida like right away and just started going to classes there um, and utilized every moment I could be in there because the people there are very well like they're there to help you. And if you utilize it, it'll um, do a lot for you, <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. like most things. Um, and then I I was there and then I got an internship pretty quickly while I was there. And I interned for about nine months before I graduated and I was writing production code for this company. And then they hired me like right out of graduation. And so I was programming there for about a year after. That's where you, that's like in your Instagram profile, it says you hustle harder than Jay-Z. I yeah. love that. I love it. Because <laughs> it, it sounds like you definitely hustle. You're over there doing some conference stuff. You're learning. You're like, all right, I want some information. You run down to Florida. You go to full sale. You're like, all right, give me a job now. Now you got a job. You're this full stack, but not really JavaScript <laughs> uh, engineer, <laughs> right? And I mean, any of the engineers, they should have some understanding of the full stack, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, oh, like at my first job, I was actually, I did a lot of PHP. Um, and the very first project I was on was actually a C Sharp project um so it's like i am like i feel comfortable if i were like given any type of project like it's not necessarily a language or the framework it's understanding how to problem solve correctly and how to problem solve in the best way to figure out the best solution for that particular problem that makes sense 
Oh, that definitely makes sense. And then there's some principles that, you know, completely transcend the language that are, that are great for every language too. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and there's people out there that it's like, it comes to the point where, you know, programming is actually like a craft and an art form. And that's what it was like the for when I was at the startup, because I lived, eat and breathe that, that application for nine months. And so it was really, I was actually really thankful to to get out, like to take a breath for a little bit, which is what I'm doing now. And now you're taking a breath with your learning, learning the, to dive deeper into the growth side of things. Yeah. I'm still utilizing my engineering and stuff. Cause I still do stuff on the side and in the process of like mapping out actual applications that I can build, um, for our company that we can actually, you know, you like have other companies utilize, whether that's for free or whatever. Oh, yeah. So some free utility style apps that will help promote the business. Yep, exactly. Yep. And what's the name of the company? Uh, Built to Create. Built to Create. And yep. who's who's involved with that? It is my husband, Josh, mm-hmm. and then his brother. So there and we're all engineers and we are in the process of looking to hire a, like a senior level developer as well. And we just recently actually did hire um, a sales guy. That's super important to a business, right? Well, like what we've been doing so far has been pretty, it's, it's worked out pretty well. Um, it's like by word of mouth and being well connected in the community. And the company that I left is actually a client of ours. So well, that works out. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, so it's all about, it's like kind of like, you know, if you be nice to people and you always present them with your best self and your best work, you don't really have anything to worry about because hopefully in the future, um, you'll be able to either like reach out to them for work or referrals or case studies or anything like that. Just kind of like our mantra at our company is just, we want everybody to win. So whether that's Somebody that like we got reached out to to help build um, some Unity games for the Super Bowl. And um, Jeremy, the other developer, he is a Unity developer, but it was just the timeline was too short. And so we weren't able to do it. But what Josh did was he referred the guy to several Unity developers in our area to, you know, still help that company. That's very, very interesting. So they're looking for Unity developers for the Super Bowl? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Yep. I don't know exactly what it's going to be for, but there's going to be like, I I probably should be saying this, but I think there's going to be like some games being, some company maybe using these games for a promotion or something along the lines. Um, cool. But I, yeah, unfortunately we weren't able to take on the project just because it was, it was too large and too last minute. Always good to know your boundaries and when to say no to people, which is huge in our industry. Huge. Right. Because it's your reputation. And if you say you can deliver, then all the non-technical people are just like, they got it, they got it, they got it. And then you go and you you fail and it's just like, oh man, you hurt all those people mm-hmm. that stood behind you. And that's never fun. No, it's not, which is why it's so it's so critical to be so like very upfront and very transparent with somebody that's gonna be a potential client and really helping them understand the scope of a project. Cause when pe- a lot of times when people come to you with a project, they're, they may not be technically, you know, inclined to make decisions on things. And so it's, you, you know, your job as somebody who is technically proficient to walk them through what it takes, even if you're not going to be the person doing the, doing the work. You know, I still think like when people come to me with questions, I'm always willing to help them and to give them guidance and point them in the right direction. 
because it sucks when you don't know something and you just keep banging on doors and nobody can really help you and you're not even asking the right questions. I fully agree with that. That does not, that's not a good <laughs> thing. When I'm looking at your Instagram, a little bit distracted because I'm looking at the Instagram and your Instagram <laughs> and I see, I'm seeing like build armor and I want to know more about that. The build armor. Okay. <laughs> it looks like you're giving a talk to somebody and like, I'm like looking at you here. It's like, you're, you're like a uh, female Gary V programmer. Like you got, you guys got motivational posts and stuff like that as well. You and uh, oh, yeah, your husband. For sure. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm all about, uh, motivating people and the armor post. So I gave it, I did the keynote at, um, a Google developers conference in central Florida a few months uh -huh. ago. Um, and then I got asked to go to Dallas and do the same thing. And I gave a talk of kind of about, it was like bringing your, it's like, what did I call it? How to launch staging into production, which is like a technical thing. And it's about like bringing your side hustle, like your side hustle into your full-time job. And the armor part was when you're told no, or you fail interviews, or you fail a class, because I failed, you know, I failed my first programming class in school. Mm -hmm. And um, I failed a Microsoft job interview. <laughs> like all these sorts of things, instead of using them and being defeated and feeling like a failure, you have to use them to build armor because it's just setting you up to be better next time. Because every time you fail, you learn something or you should. You're like, when I failed in school, I realized that I need to um, be more diligent with my time and be very intentional about the stuff that I'm learning and the questions that I'm asking. When I failed my Microsoft interview, I realized that confidence isn't everything <laughs> and you really need to like if you're going in and presenting presenting yourself as an expert you better be an expert type thing and after that after that interview it was five hours and it was with some of the most intelligent people I've ever met and at first I felt super defeated that I didn't get the job but then I realized you know after talking with them um, the stuff that I needed to work on. And I wrote it down and I was like, okay, so if I ever do want to go and apply again or even meet with them, these are the things that I need to do. So it was about, you know, building armor and just taking every failure for taking it for what it is and then learning from it and just making sure that you don't dwell too much on it and find the positive in it. It's kind of just what it's about. Cause I mean, everybody fails and we fail all the time. Like we fail on a daily basis, especially in programming. You kind of get just have to just take it. And yeah, keep well, it's going. not it's not called green green repeat. It's called red green repeat, <laughs> refactor, <laughs> right? Uh, so you were you were talking a little bit in your talk about from staging to production. You caught my ear there. What what did you what did you talk about in regards to that? I want to hear your thoughts on deploying from staging into production. Oh, like actual staging to the production deploys. Well, I'm sorry. Is that what is that what you said your talk was about? I not no, that was no, that was just an analogy. I mean, we oh, can talk about okay. staging to production, but <laughs> oh, oh no, no, I was just like, what did she have some awesome story about like failing staging to production? Because that's definitely a spot where failure is going to happen. <laughs> oh, I I have a funny story. I had a one of my first big projects. I was a lead develop. I was a lead and only developer on it, and this was like right when I started this job. It was my first job as a developer. And I deleted the entire production database. 
And Ooh. I didn't. Oh yeah. I was, <laughs> I, I just looked at my computer and like utter disbelief that I did it. And I like went to my mentor and she was just like, it's okay. Like this happens to everybody. And she's like, yeah, retrace what you did. And then like I was able to restore it. Thank goodness. But for that, like five minutes, I thought I was, I was just burning up, you know? Or what sort of infrastructure were you on? Were you on like AWS directly or like a Heroku or? Um, AWS. And luckily with all that sort of stuff, you have, it, rest- it, um, it saves it, you know, periodically. Yeah. So you can easily just restore a backup. Are you on, in- are you- oh, sorry. Are you on the Snapchats? Call it the Snapchat. Um, I, I used to be really big on Snapchat, um, but I'm on it. It's Miss Brandy Morgan. Are you, are you more towards 20 or more towards 30? Uh, I'm right in the middle. Right in the middle. Okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, for context, I'm 30. So we're, we're, we're close. Um, and, yeah. and I've been thinking, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about Snapchat and its growth and they're all saying, you know, if you're a brand, you got to be on Snapchat. And so I downloaded Snapchat and started using it with my wife because we have a little four month old baby. And so we're like, nice. we're snapping each other left and right. And there's like one or two other people that are close family friends or like family and friends of mine. And I'll snap with them like rarely, but I don't, I don't get, I don't get Snapchat in the sense that like how brands are using it. And you, since you're going into growth and you know, Snapchat, I think as better than me, maybe how, how do you leverage Snapchat? Like to find people you don't know? Cause I think it's just for people you know. Uh, not necessarily. So what's really cool. So if you have a brand and this is something that I've done that I've grown my, like my user base on Snapchat, I used to actually have like, um, over a thousand people watching my Snapchats on a daily basis, but, um, I switched my name. Like I deleted that account and switched it, which is kind of dumb, but is what it is. But what you can do on Snapchat is, um, you know, push out your snap code like on Instagram, Twitter, you have a Facebook page and tell people to follow you. And even if they don't follow, like if that doesn't get them, you can do like a promotion type thing, like a giveaway and say, hey, you know, go follow me on Snapchat, go like my Facebook, go like my last Instagram post, and then you'll be in a chance to get a giveaway. And that sort of gets you more followers on all of your accounts. And with Snapchat, you can have people do takeovers. So Ooh, like if that? like for you you have like you have a modern CTO brand which is great which was something that you could actually do is have somebody have a CTO take over your Snapchat channel. You just give them the login credentials and you can change them after they're done using it. Right. But then they log in for 24 hours, they take over your Snapchat channel or for however many hours and it's like a day in the life of a modern CTO. But and then what happens with that is all of their followers are then going to come to your channel because that person's taking over your channel. So there's a little marketing tip for you to use. Yeah. That, no, <laughs> that that's wonderful because I was I was trying to figure that out like how are they using how are they using Snapchat when I just am sending pictures to my wife like back and forth. I mean like obviously like you can do that but I mean for brands out there and this is something that, you know, I've um helped companies with is if you're if you're like a product and you are targeting a certain demographic, you need to find those influence influencers in that demographic and get them on your whatever platform it is, Instagram, Snapchat, um, promote them, you know, have them take over your channel because 
everybody loves talking about themselves and everybody loves showing people what they're doing for the most part, right. especially the younger generation. People are, we're like a me generation. So when you offer somebody, hey, you want to take over my channel for the day? I guarantee people would say yes. And it's interesting to watch because then you promote that on your channels, they're promoting it on their channels. And that would actually be pretty cool because you would actually be looking at a modern CTO in the day and life of what they're doing. Right. And that's what we do. It's re- it's actually really cool. You know, if you're geeky and nerdy mm-hmm. and you like that stuff. <laughs> oh, and there is. I mean, look at the statistics on Instagram of how many, like how big like the developer like influencers are reaching. It's it's crazy the numbers of people that are out there that are actually like utilizing these platforms that are in the tech industry. I like I I love the uh, you and your husband are you know do you do both do the motivational thing you both write code have you ever worked on a project together written code on a project together yeah so we uh, well we just got married this past October oh nice um and we worked so when I I worked at an agency and then I was like in love with doing React Native and doing mobile type stuff. And he was working at a startup. And so I actually got hired by that same startup to build their mobile application. And he was the one that built their web app with um, their CTO. Very neat. Yep. So we worked together for like a little over a month and it was absolutely a blast um, building stuff. And we actually, before that, we worked on a game together. So yeah, we dabble in stuff like that together. I don't, we probably will in the future for like tools and stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know. Has he ever rejected a pull request from you? And was it awkward? Oh yeah. (laughs) No, not at all. If a pull request gets approved for the first time for me, it's like a miracle. There's usually something. Because I mean, you think about it, you're doing a pull request for... Well, in my experience, they're pretty large tickets. So you're touching so many different files and probably multiple applications. And so if I did get it right on the first try, I think it happened once, actually. Um, I would be surprised. The problem with me is I'm very quick. Like I'm, I like to do things very, very, very fast. Yeah, patience um, isn't. Yes, exactly. I, I'm working on patience. Patience and like attention to detail. <laughs> well, it's hard with the patience when you get the Jay-Z hustle, right? Because it's just like, I'm on top of the world, best rapper alive, you know? And then it's just like, hold on a second, you know, let's see if Code Climate says you're the best. <laughs> exactly. Circle CI says well, you fail. Well, Josh was telling me, like, he puts it in a good analogy. He says there's like two types of programmers. There are the ones, there are the architects, and then there's the executors. And I'm definitely an executor. And he's more of an architect. How, how much experience does he have in writing code? Uh, way more than me, way more than I guess. <laughs> Has he been doing it since he was like 13? or He's been doing it for a long time. I think yeah. he started when he was like six, actually maybe younger than that. He started in the, the .NET framework. His dad has been programming for like 25, 30 years in the .NET framework. Mm. So it kind of just runs in the family. Yeah, that's how I learned. I learned from my, my dad would take me to work with him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and he'd teach me to write code. Yeah, there wasn't even like really internet at the time. <laughs> 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 Which is, it's so amazing because even though we're five years apart, the technology difference of five years is massive, right? Because I didn't have, we didn't have like cell phones until the year I graduated high school. Oh, right? wow. Let's see, yeah. So no one had phones in school, but that five-year difference is really big when it comes to technology, right? Because uh, I had a phone when like, I was in middle school. See? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 so interesting what five years will do. When you're when you're posting your uh, Instagram post, right, and mm-hmm. that's clearly where you're the most active, right? Over Snapchat, you find that Instagram has your place. That's like your yeah, hangout place. Just, yeah. Now, the age. What's the age of your audience, and what's like the composite? What does your audience look like? And I'll tell you. I was really interested because I started, I watched, I had another show right after uh, Coding Blonde, but I had mm-hmm. flipped open the live stream for a minute or two and I saw some like guys being tools and I was like, oh, not cool. And I was like, that must suck for them. I guess they just ignore that. Right. And then, um, and so I was just kind of curious about what the, what the makeup of your audience is. Is it, is it 13 year old females that want to be programmers? Is it like, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> No, my my audience is actually seventy seven percent men. Yeah, that'll happen. Yep. And the and the United does it tell you about location? Yep, uh, United States. Then it goes India, Brazil, Turkey, Mexico. That you know that's so interesting. That's my audience too. Yeah. That that's really how it goes. If you look at who listens to the the podcast and stuff, that's about how it goes. Brazil's really always number two now. And then we get some Singapore in there too. Sometimes they bump up to number two. Now, when you're planning your content, do you plan? Or are you just like, oh, it's two p.m. Let's do an let's do an Instagram post. Uh, no, I plan it for the most part. Um, lately, I've been like I used to post a lot more, and then I sort of slowed down a little bit to make it a little more meaningful. It just depends. So, and I kind of go and. Sp- but it's always planned. It's never like, oh, spur of the moment, I'm going to post something. It's usually pretty planned out. Can I, um, I overstep my bounds. Can I, can I ask for, can I submit some content request? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like, so the heuristics that I learned as I got more involved, like more mature in programming, mm-hmm. um, you know, started reading people like Martin Fowler and Sandy Metz and stuff like that. Uh, I wish I would have known those things kind of existed before. And so I would like to see influencers using their influence to create better programmers by, by making the habits that better programmers have attractive. So for example, like you know, test or sexy, right? Cause like nobody likes writing tests. It's like oh, taking your yeah. vitamins, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I would like to see, I would like to see, uh, positivity around the more difficult skills uh, that the better programmers have so that the younger programmers kind of like see that and look up to and be like, oh man, you know, this person's writing tests, this person's not writing tests. And now we see, we see Miss Brandy Morgan talk about writing tests. All right, I guess this is the moment. This is the time I'm going to start, <laughs> start really getting into this. You know? No, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. We were actually just looking for at the last company I was at, um, Somebody that just literally was a QA engineer that just wrote tests. Because that's yeah. so hard to find. I'll show you some of the rocks to look under. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, no. yeah. I mean, engineers that are just writing tests, that's like usually they're going and doing it to um, like an application that didn't have tests. You'll have a, a big overhead to go apply tests to the, to the legacy or the older code. But yeah, so the sort of the heuristics about and I'll and I'll and that's just a fancy word for like a way of doing things but I'll send over like a, a list of them maybe like you know six or seven things that would be really really good to promote because I'm always finding that in the developers that are coming to look for jobs that I'm the one letting them know that these things exist 
I'm like trying to hire for some of these skills and they're, they're not, it's not like a, it's not like a specific skill, um, per se, like a, like knowing a language or knowing how to use a library or whatever. It's more of like an abstract concept of how to like structure your code in general. Like, you know, the dry, the don't repeat yourself, like mm -hmm. the dry principle would be a good one to do. I just love that. that. I, yes. That's something so useful. I learned that from my old CTO. Right. And wouldn't that be great for you to be like promoting in your channel so that these other programmers that are, you're influencing? And some of that stuff you don't even think about. I love I would love it if you would send me a list of that, actually. That's I brilliant. will, because I was so I was like, I'm going to you know, we got we have Coding Blonde, you, we have Steph and we have a couple other of the influencers on the show. And I was like, I love these pictures. I love seeing the code. It's very artistic. Instagram's artistic. I just ah, I just want to see like, you know, on, on the screen, like talk about dry, like, you know, you put in the word doc, you know dry principles or something like, oh, that would just, it'd make me so happy. I will do it you just know? for you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? Right now, Brandy, right now, Brandy Morgan, we are changing the world. I know. We're going to make better programmers. Yeah. Cause I <laughs> sit here and I say, oh, I, I learned how to test from Sandy Metz. She's a female programmer that talks about bicycles a lot. Um, and, and I learned how, how to really get into testing when I read her stuff. Cause it was really logical. And you know, you don't have to be the one to write the book on testing. You just, have to be the one to say, go read Sandy Matt's book. You know, right? Yeah, just spark the idea with somebody. <laughs> have you ever had any really nasty projects that you had to rewrite or most of the stuff that you did were things that you started fresh? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was on a project with another um, developer. He was a senior level um, and I was a junior at the, at, the, at the time. And it was a new framework. I hadn't, I hadn't used it before. Um, the deadline was, it was insane. It was like we had to build like three different apps in eight weeks, I think it was. And these were not wow. like little apps. These were big apps. And it was for a very big, large company. Um, and I've, put, I've, I've actually done pictures of it on my Instagram. But um, mm -hmm. not taking the time to read the docs as carefully as I needed to for the framework. Um, I didn't understand that you could apply this like react principles of like being very modular with writing oh. out these different components. And so I did have to go back and like rewrite the whole thing and made it like super modular based on like his assessment of my code, which right. sucked. But <laughs> in the end I was actually so happy and I was so excited that he showed that to me. And I felt like I just, I don't even like I had learned something so important and I was so ecstatic about it. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like, that was probably the biggest thing I can remember because it took, because I, yeah, we were working until like two, three in the morning, most nights on that project. But you get the team, yeah. all the team together, drinking caffeine and whatnot. We did. We actually would stay. It was so funny. We stayed at the, the office until about 4 a.m. And then they were flying me. I had to fly to New York City that next day for the application to be like their on-site tech lead. Oh, wow. For it. <laughs> and that was pressure because then I'm dealing with all these executives that do not understand programming um, or, you know, really anything tech related. Um, and so that was, you know, having to make changes to the app while the app is in the hands of the users. Um, and pushing, yep. pushing live. Um, and it was very, that was probably one of the most um, stress. I loved it though. I, I, I like high pressure situations, um, but it was 
very high pressure. It was a lot of fun though. But yeah. <laughs> I I had flown out with this company where I was the lead on the project and I was out in San Francisco. They were at a conference debuting the product and we're sitting there having dinner the night before. And mm-hmm. They just decided, oh, well, this one client's coming by the booth and we have to have this very specific feature done for him. He's going to be there at, you know, 10 a.m. And it's what, you know, 11 p.m. at night and we're all having drinks and stuff. They're like, sure, you can you can whip that out really quick at like nine. Right. And I'm like, I just like my face, my jaw just hit the the floor. (laughs) I I was like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, you know, six, eight hours of work, this feature that I'm hearing about right now that needs to be done tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., first time hearing about it. Uh, but I ended up just staying up the whole night in the in the hotel lobby and writing the code. It was this, oh, it's amazing. But we got it done, and they were very, very pleased, and I slept and did not attend the conference. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But I think moments like that, they feel so good when you're done. You feel so accomplished. I did. They bought, they went and bought, this is right like the month the iPad came out and they, they went down the street and bought me an iPad and came in and knocked on my door with some um, hotel room service at like two or three in the afternoon and, and an iPad. And they're just like, here we go. Thanks for staying up all night and, and taking care of that for us. And they got the client. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I like that. That's a great story. Oh yeah, I mean, I am no stranger to like having to deal with last minute business needs that somebody is just like, oh, you're so good at what you do, Joel. That should just take you an hour, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. <You're> like, yep. <laughs> Why don't you come show me exactly how I can do it in an hour? That would be very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with the influence, you have the influence. Um, Brandy Morgan has the power on on Instagram. You're focusing there instead of Snapchat. You're gonna you're changing the world with your with your positivity, you and both Josh, who sounds like an excellent human, right? He's wonderful. And you guys have your your new business and you picked up your previous employer as a client, which is honestly super fantastic. I'm very proud of that move. I love how you guys show love to everybody and um, that's kind of like your motto for how you run your business because it will matter in 20 years, right? Yep. <laughs> it matters today, but it will really matter in 20 years because I'll be like, oh yeah, Brandy Morgan, she was on my show like 20 years ago. She's totally Jay-Z baller status. Exactly. It's like, I always say it'll be, it'll be fun to see like where we're at in our business in even the next two years. Yeah. And are you headquartered? So you're doing, do you have a physical location or are you guys all remote in Orlando? Um, at the moment, we are all remote. We have three of us here in Orlando, one in Dallas, but we're probably going to get office, like just like co-working space um, yeah. somewhere here. Um, and as we grow, we would just set up different like co-working spaces in whichever cities we needed to. But for right now, nice. we are kind of looking for a more remote culture. Um, but that could that could really change because remote can be difficult, especially in the early days when you're trying to really get that com- like camaraderie around a team and around an effort. I agree. It's also remote gets better as you pay a lot more, right? So the remote yeah. people that you're paying like serious dollars to, uh, they are a lot more stable and consistent than when you're trying to, you know, get started on a, on a lean budget, like any business should be doing. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, 
I hope that we run into each other at a conference one of these days. Uh, we'll see each other. High five. Talk some programming. Or yeah, talk some. Sure. We'll, we'll talk some motivation and management. That's yes, what we'll do. Let's do it. I like you it. You seem like you're going <laughs> to kill it. You're going to be like the uh, Tony Robbins of pr- pumping up people for uh, programming. And I love it. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.